Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. You guys doing okay so far? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Tom. So I told you it's going to be a little of a different day and um, uh, excited for this time where we get to do this together, which we don't often, we don't often do that. Uh, But today is is a little different. Um, We're starting a new series today and uh, it's called You, Me, and God. We want to talk about that, and again, this is going to be maybe a little bit more discussion, um, but also, you know, we just want to keep this theme of encouragement today, and so um, let me, I'll just kind of start off where we're going to go with this. About four or five years ago, uh, my wife was reading a book, and she said, Tom, I think there's a book you need to read. I think you will like it. Now, you have to understand, I'm not an avid reader. Now, I think this was, you know, my my wife is an avid reader. Anyone who knows her would know that. I think a couple years ago, would you, like 365 books or something ridiculous (laughs) in a year? I don't even know. So for me to read, um, and I I know and I trust her judgment, uh, I did, and I ended up devouring this book in like a day. You guys have experiences like that where you're just like, you know, so into it. Um, and I tell you, I um, since that time, I have been able to discuss this book with dozens and dozens of people, and I know you have too. <laughs> and um, and we want to share it with you over the course of this series that we're calling You, Me, and God. A lot of the discussions I've had with you, some of you may be familiar, some of you are going to be starting at ground zero, and that's okay, um, because today is just an introduction. Um, And I'm going to kind of talk heavily in this first part, and then Carrie's going to take over for a bit, but Carrie, anytime you want to jump in. This is good. I'm I'm enjoying the the ride so far. Cool. Ever since we started uh, working together um, as, as, a, as a teaching team, this particular topic has come up every single year. And it isn't until now that we have felt even the courage and the boldness to do it. Um, and this is, another, this is another reason why I think, you know, again, God's spirit, God's Holy Spirit, the way he works and moves, um, I'm, we're trusting his timing with it. We're trusting that every single person in this room is going to benefit. In fact, it, we feel so strongly about that that we were compelled, you know, going back a couple months when we, were, when we were discussing, hey, what does this year look like for us? We're like, this is the time we're going to do this, and we're going to venture into this. For a variety of reasons, this may be the longest sermon series we ever teach. <laughs> it's going to be the hardest one, maybe the most challenging one, but... Again, with God's strength and with God's help, we're going to do it. Um, I guess before I go on, is there anything you want to, to share? Are you good? 
No, I think, yeah. All yeah. Right. I didn't have quite the, um, like, that memorable introduction to the Enneagram. It was probably you that, that was excited about it and shared it with me. But yeah. I had a similar reaction to going through it and experiencing it and just feeling like it was very different from other, um, we'll get into this more, but it's not yeah. just about typing your personality. It's really about understanding who you are and your motivation for doing things. Yeah. And that's what stood out to me. So. Yeah. So we thought it was really important to take our time here on the front end of this talk. And we're going to talk, why are we doing this series? What is it all about? Um, and I guess I would just start by saying, we say this phrase here all the time. You, being a Christian is a journey. Your spiritual life is a journey. All of us are at different places in that journey, and we're going to honor that and respect that. Like I said, uh, we say often, we, if, if you have not even started a journey towards God, you're in a great place. We want this to be a safe place for you to be able to wrestle and to ask questions and to work through things. But again, maybe you've been following Jesus for 40 or 50 years of your life now. I think, and I believe I'm speaking for Carrie as well, I, I think still over the next nine weeks or so, you are going to be challenged. I think God is going to grow your heart, and that's why we feel so strongly about doing this. So, so being a Christian um, is, is really about three things. And again, this is a great jump off of like, you know, we're calling people to follow Jesus, but what does that look like? Um, and I think it looks three different ways. Being a Christian is a movement upward towards God. It's a movement outward towards others. And it's a movement inward to ourselves. I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important. And these are, this is not my, um, you know, like, I've, I heard someone else say this, but it has resonated with me ever since I heard it. It is a movement. Your journey is a movement toward God, toward other people, and toward yourself. How we live before God and interact with him. How we live before others and interact with the people around us. And how we understand and discipline ourselves. And here's the verse I want to really kick this whole series off with. It's going to be on your screen. It's the verse maybe a lot of you are familiar with. Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37. It says, Jesus replied. So this is Jesus talking. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first commandment, the greatest. Love your Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he goes, there's a second that's equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I think it's really interesting if we really key in those words, as yourself. It's like the implied you, Right? So we have three, all three facets of the spiritual. What is it all about? It's about loving God with all our hearts and moving towards that in the way we live our lives. It's about loving each other. And it's about understanding and knowing ourselves in that process. Um, John Calvin uh, said this. He goes, without knowledge of self, there's no knowledge of God. Our wisdom, insofar as it ought to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. And these two are connected by many ties, and it is not easy to determine which of the two precedes and gives birth to the other. 
And so we are going to go on a journey of looking inside ourselves, and we're going to go through that journey as we teach over the next several weeks about what that looks like, practically speaking, and how you're wired. And actually, Carrie, I'm going to have you read these verses. This is another one we talked about, just kind of a significant piece of this for us. We find it in Psalm 139. I think we have portions of this on the screen. I'm going to have you uh, read the whole passage here. So yes, this is Psalm 139. We have 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter, utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. In verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know my heart, my thoughts, my words before I say them, everything about me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And I want to just pause there for a second. This is, this is the psalmist like recognizing that God not only made him, but made him intentionally and wonderfully and good. And, um, and, and even just when we started off the service and you were saying, you know, sometimes we come in and we say this idea that God loves us. And for, part of, for some of you, this, this sermon series may be a chance for you to actually <clears throat> begin to appreciate that God made you the way you are on purpose and that he loves exactly who you are, and that you don't see your personality as a barrier to being loved. Um, that may be one of the biggest things you take away from this. And for others, it will be it'll be beginning to recognize that God loves other people just as much as he loves you, right? So there's there's two sides to that. Um, but that I just wanted to interject. might be the wisest interject. thing that is said all day long, right there. Um, Back to you, Tom. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> This is awkward for us. I mean, again, you're, we're used to kind of just, you know, going with it. And so, but, but again, I, I, we know each other well, and we know each other's hearts. And, and, and I, it, actually, this is a good time to pause and say, as we've even journeyed through this together, I've begun to understand Carrie even more and how she's wired and how we work together and what we need to watch out for as we honor each other in, in the journey. Uh, and so uh, that's huge. So again, I want to set the table for what we're talking about, because in a minute I'm going to get to some people, you know, some concerns that some of you might have or that people might have as we talk about personality tests in general, maybe even specifically the Enneagram. But I have to lay out a theology for what we're doing. Um, so when Carrie just read that verse, here, here's what sticks out to me. First of all, we are God's creation. We were made on purpose. Uh, number two, we are now called to glorify God in everything we do. You'll hear me say, like, we need to be light and salt. It, well, that's, that's a part of our glory, glory to God. Uh, we live as, as lights in the world. And so here's our goal with this series. Here's our goal. He, we want to better understand ourselves so that, and, and understand how we're uniquely wired. Number two, we want to know and experience God in more meaningful ways. And number three, better understand how to relate to others. Uh, we are built to live in relationship with other people. And I would add to that, um, 
Galatians 6 talks about how we are meant to carry each other's burdens. And I think, um, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, sometimes when you try to help someone else out the way that you would want to be helped, and you come to find out later that that way of helping is not the way they want to be helped. And so I think, again, this is just a very small example of how do we love people well if we don't understand who they are and how how the, how we can walk with them and help carry their burden. Um, and so it's just another biblical way that when God says, carry each other's load, walk with someone else, um, love someone else, um, learning who they are is one way that we can begin to do that. Yeah, that's good. So let me, let me, let me just uh, put out there what some of you may be thinking. Well, you know, this seems a little bit strange, Tom. You know, is this, is this even biblical? Um, or how is this beneficial to me spiritually? Some of you, um, again, maybe more like I was, I don't want to be put in a box, right? I know that's a big concern for, for lots of people. I am, I am a wonderfully complex person, as we just read in Psalm 139. Tell the person you came with, I am wonderfully complex. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just strange, and you're me. Um... You know, is this crossing too much into the line of psychology versus theology? Maybe that's a concern. Um, all this is fine, but, you know, maybe it's, it's not for church. Um, you might even say, well, what about the origins of this thing? Is it, is it, does it have its roots in, in some strange thing that we wouldn't recommend, or like maybe the occult or something like that that's just way off the deep end? And so why are you bringing this to the table? And here's what I want to say, and I think it's a very, very important point for all of us to understand. And our worldview here, again, in this church, and as God has spoken to me throughout my, throughout my life, number one, a long time ago, a mentor said to me, listen, Tom, all truth is God's truth. No one has a corner on truth. Christians don't have a corner on truth. This means that truth can come from anywhere, but listen, it originates in God himself. It's a very, very important piece for us to understand as we journey through, the, through this thing. There's no such thing as Christian truth. There's truth, and it's found in Jesus, who says, I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And, and again, I liked how someone said this. Truth is just a right describing of our reality. And no one has a corner on that. And you say, well, will it foster unchristian ways of thinking maybe? Is there a danger for going too far with that? Will it subvert the Bible's authority? And again, here's going to be, I, I take back what Carrie said. What she said was awesome. Here's the most important thing you're going to hear all day. Nothing, nothing is going to subvert what we believe about God's word is truth. It is our ultimate in final authority, in word, and practice, period. That is the most important thing you're going to hear me say. We are not compromising God's word one single bit. What I believe this tool will offer us is a way to look at our brokenness. Because here's something we could all agree on. Wherever you are in your journey, we're messed up. And we've got issues, and we're working through things, and we don't have it all figured out. And I've responded wrong here, and I've responded wrong here. And so we could use this typing as a tool, 
and think of it like an x-ray, right? It's just, it's showing what might be a little bit off and where we could improve and where we can go with that. And then I want us to envision this. Now let's superimpose God's word through all of that. And that's our filter. When the spirit of truth comes, Jesus says, he will guide you into all truth. This is why I'm not worried about it. If we're truly seeking God with our whole hearts and our whole minds, he will guide us into all truth. I fully and wholly believe that. Anything you want to add to that, Carrie? Yeah, I would just say um, a couple things. I think it's important that we look not only at the root, but also the fruit of something, because Jesus says that wisdom is proved right by her deeds and um, by her actions. And so if, if we can look and say, okay, God has given us this tool and we surrender it in his hands. And I think that's, that is a very important thing. No matter what we're learning, um, even when we're reading the Bible, we, we submit that to the spirit and let him speak to us through that. Um, so again, you don't take this tool on its own by itself. You, you say, okay, God, um, what do you want to do with this? And then for me, like, again, I can speak to the fruit of this in my life where even that's what we spoke already, the psalm says, search me, God, and know me. See, see my hidden sins, my hidden faults. And to me, this is a way, the Enneagram is a way to um, to begin to understand ourselves in a way that we know specifically what we're surrendering to God. We say, okay, I see I have this weakness. I see I have this tendency, and I want to lay that before you. Um, so I would, I would just say that, and I'm trying to think of it. Well, I would just say, too, we're going to use that word tool a lot because that's simply what it is. It's, we don't put our faith in tools. We put our faith in a person. And again, that is something uh, that is super helpful. So we're going to run out of time, so I want to just kind of keep going through this. Jeff Wilson wrote a book. Now, on the bulletin, if you got it today coming in, we're going to recommend resources. And there are going to be resources that are added to you all the way through. He wrote this book called The Enneagram Goes to Church. It's a great, great book. It's something you could pick up. The, Ro- the Road Back to You is the book that all That's started. That's what we started with, yeah. Kind of for us, right? So this is another thing. Go out and get this book. Travel along with us as we go. Again, this isn't even, I just want to say, this isn't even so much a study about the Enneagram. It's just our tool, our, our, our kind of our, our perimeter we're using. But this is a study about what it means to follow God and to follow Jesus with our whole entire life and hearts. But Jeff Wilson says, as a culture, we are drowning in information. Is that not true? But we are starving for wisdom. I love that. And as a wisdom tradition, the Enneagram offers wisdom that is accessible, insightful, and actionable. All right, so here's the part where we're going to uh, just briefly touch, and I'm going to hand it over to Carrie, just yep. to outline, what is this tool? What does it look like? Okay, so we're starting with our basic. Yep. All right, so roughly here you see we have the circle with the nine numbers. Now, some of you, again, are sitting there thinking, there's only nine personality types. You've got to be kidding me. Um, But you're going to find out as we go through that all these numbers are connected and that, um, again, we're going to talk about things like strengths and weaknesses and how they're connected. Uh, But these are the the nine main numbers, and you're going to notice they're broken into three different sections, the gut the heart and the head. And so the gut is kind of like the instinctual thinker. You just, they, they do things and they're like, I just know in my gut this is right. This is the, this is the decision to make. Um, the heart people are people like me. You're just, um, that you're, you're feeling, you're very, um, very in tune with that part of yourself. Um, and then you have the head thinkers, um, who sometimes the fear thinkers, but they're very much um, intellectual. 
So that is our kind of sections there. And then are we going into the actual, I need to read through the numbers. All right, so the nine numbers, and again, we're going to go through these each week, and um, as Tom already said, each week is going to be an opportunity for you to learn, based on roughly your personality type, um, what, so, what some practical verses for you are, what some challenging verses for you might be, how, how you might need to grow and, and learn and walk with God. Um, so it's really going to be something we believe that's going to be practical for your spiritual growth. But we have the nine numbers, which are one, number one is the reformer or the perfectionist. This person might be rational, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, perfectionistic. Someone I might be sitting next to. Hey, don't give it away. Oh, sorry, Tom. They knew. They knew. <laughs> the two, number two is the helper. If you have a helper in your life, this person is caring, interpersonal, uh, relational driven, demonstrative, generous, people pleasing, and sometimes possessive. Um, the three is the motivator or performer or achiever, you might call them. Um, the success-oriented, pragmatic type. They are adaptive, excelling, driven, and image-conscious. And then we have number four, the individualist, uh, maybe also called the artist or the romantic. This person is the sensitive, withdrawn type. They are expressive, dramatic. You might say they're self-absorbed. They might argue that they're not. Um, and temperamental. As I go through these, you might some people will be able to tell themselves by, by what they think is the worst part of themselves, but there, you have to know that every personality is not right or wrong. It's, it, there's good and there's weakness in each personality, so keep that in mind. Um, we have number five is the investigator, the thinker or the observer. This person can be intense, cerebral. They might be uh, seen as perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Uh, then we have number six, the loyalist or a questioner. This person is committed, security-oriented, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Then we have seven. I think I have a seven child. The enthusiast. This person, or the generalist, this is a busy, fun-loving type. They are spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Then we have number eight, the challenger or leader. They are the powerful, dominating type. Um, this type is self-confident, decisive, willful, and sometimes confrontational. Then we have nine. Number nine at the top of the Enneagram is the peacemaker or the mediator. Um, the easygoing, self-effacing type. They are receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And that's our types. So, there's a lot here, and I don't want you to get overwhelmed because the whole point of the series is to talk through this in detail. Now, some of you are already saying, that's me, that's me, that's me. I'm going to admonish you to just hit the pause button for a little bit because I think as we journey through this together, God is going to open up our eyes. Now, I will say, Carrie, maybe I'm a slow learner. I don't know. But when I started reading that book, one of the things that captivated me was like, oh, that's me. And then I read the next chapter. Oh, that's me. And I read it. Oh, that is me. Literally. And it took me months to figure out kind of where I fit. But when it did, and I know you want to talk a little bit about this, it changed what happens in the Angala household. Hmm. It changed our relationship as husband and wife. 
It actually changed, honestly, this is the truth, and I think my kids would attest this. I think it changed the way I respond to my children because I understood them better. And this is a part of spiritual growth. It is all connected together. This is what God is calling us to be whole people in him. And when we can do that, and when we, is actually shaped, I don't want to step on your toes here, but I'll say one more thing. It, we have talked about, it has shaped the way we teach. Because we know that all of you are receiving the same thing we might say all differently. And we are aware of that every time we teach. And so this is a tool overlaid by scripture that we can use to really dive in and to figure out how we improve. Yes, that's why some people want the bullet points and the alliteration, and some people want the interpretive dance, you know, but we all learn in different ways, and I think we appreciate that about each other. Um, and I would add, too, that um, you'll notice, like, there's arrows and things, but part of what we're talking about, and you'll find out in these numbers, is that we, we move in some directions when we're healthy, when we're healthy versions of ourselves, and then we move in a different direction when we're unhealthy versions of ourselves. And so we begin to recognize that and, and say, okay, God, I, I'm not in this healthy place. How do, I, you know, how do I give that to you and let you move me? So that's, yeah. again, what this is about, really. Yeah, and what you're saying is there's constant movement. Like, we, there's always right. something to be working on and always something right. to be figuring out. And on that note, really quick, too, I think a lot of times in the church we have this idea that when we see weakness in ourselves, when we see sin in ourselves, that somehow we need to fix it, that we need to say, okay, I see it, and I'm going to eradicate it, and I'm going to take care of it. And I was listening to a woman, Suzanne Stabil, who who's written a lot of these Enneagram resources for, um, for Christians, and she says, you cannot change your tendencies through willpower you just can't but this is where the spirit comes in and mm -hmm. it's where this opportunity comes to say okay I have this tendency God but you you see me and you can change me and you can grow me um, and I thought that was just a really cool cool way to look at it you know yeah it's not about changing ourselves or fixing ourselves it is just about surrendering ourselves yeah so as we wrap this up today I know this is just like high level I know this is oversight, but here's what I would say, and this is what ultimately changed our minds about saying, you know what, we're feeling called to, to just put ourselves out there because I have never met somebody who has given a fair chance at looking really, really introspectively at themselves and saying, oh, this is terrible. Never once. It is the best tool that I found the best tool that I found to help us work through that. And here's the interesting thing about the Enneagram. It exposes our weakness and our sin more than it gives you the pat on the back and says, you're so great at this, and you're so wonderful, and let's celebrate that, which is, it will do that. But that's what I found the most challenging piece for me, which is why it led us, again, on a uh, on a more significant journey toward God. I'll have to, I'll end with this. A couple years ago, uh, we did this as a life group here at Hope Church. Many of you are in this room. And they could tell stories of the kinds of conversation that came out of that, the, the things that moved them closer to the relationships in their life and ultimately with God himself. So that's how I want to end it. I don't want us to get lost in the weeds. I want us to look at this journey we're going together. We're going to arm ourselves and put some tools in our pocket so that we can really, truly grow up 
in Jesus. Grow up through the heart of God, knowing that the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into all truth. It is our ultimate authority. And it makes us incredibly excited, and I hope you are as well. So here's what we're going to do. Every Friday, we're hoping to put out a little podcast that'll be up yes. on our website every Friday. This is like a mini taste of that. So. Yes, we are where we will each week go a little bit deeper because we'll never get to talk about all of the intricacies in a 30-minute message or so each week. So be looking out for that. I would suggest that you get some resources to help you out and uh, excited to take this journey. I really believe, and, and Sherry already alluded to, to it already, and I'm just going to emphasize it. God is up to something in this place. I look out at this church and I am overwhelmed. I'm, I'm humbled. Um, and yet I just know that God is going to take us as a church family through this thing. And I think it's going to grow us in ways that we would not have expected. And so I want to close us in prayer. I have one or two quick announcements and then we're going to be on our way. God, Thank you for giving us uh, wisdom through you and through your spirit that we have this ability to go through and to God just to know who we are, how you wired us, so that we could live as light and salt in this world, God, in ways that we would have not been able to before if we were uninformed or we were unaware of what's going on in our life. God, I'm praying also that this would serve as a tool um, of discipleship for each person. What I mean by that is growing closer upward towards God. Um, that we would see you more clearly and how wonderfully and uniquely you have, um, you have created us and the people around us as we work it out in the world. God, we love you. Excited for this time that we have together. In Jesus' name, amen.